This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, hello. Sorry, the volume was down. Uh, Good afternoon. All is well. Hey, they got the guy. They got the prisoner. They got the escape prisoner in Pennsylvania. Um, Good. You know, dangerous guy. We obviously want him caught. We want him in custody. I mean, one half of one eighth of one percent was rooting for me, rooting for him to, uh, you know, it's kind of fascinating to watch this thing. It was right. And you think to yourself, what would you do if you were on the run? Where would you hide? Where could you hide? What would you do? Um, he, they found him under a pile of leaves. I, I thought it would be a bit more, I don't know, just bad man. Just as a, as a prison warden once told me, the prisoners, those who escape are actually very good at planning the escape. They're not very good at all at planning what comes next. They usually have no plan. Now this guy did evade capture for two weeks. Usually they find him a half mile away from the uh, jail in a grocery store, pigging out. <laughs> That's what they, they, the first thing they want to do is eat all kinds of food that they can't get in prison. I'm serious. Um, they get them like 95% of the time. They find these guys in some gas station with a little food mart eating their faces off. Uh, they don't know where to go. They know they want some, some of the guys want to drink. They'll find them in a liquor store. I'm looking at, they're putting him in custody. What is that big tattoo on the back of him? Everyone's, I've seen this footage all morning long. He's got a huge tattoo and not one person is talking about his tattoo. To me, it looks like a, a parrot or an eagle right between his shoulder blades. Did you see they took a picture of him? The helicopter, uh, saw this. So he's in handcuffs and these uh, troops, these military guys, they look like, although I think they're SWAT, but they're dressed in camouflage, are uh, bringing him around. He's got the handcuffs. They bring him to the back of, uh, this big armored vehicle, but before they put him in, they all pose for a picture. About 50 guys, they all get together, and you can tell they're taking a picture, and they got this guy in the middle, and they take a picture, like how to happy together. I don't know. Do you put this guy in the picture? Is Did the guy smile? I, I mean, I understand. Yeah, you're kind of, it's a huge story, international story. You got the guy, and it's, I'm not saying it's inappropriate, but it's just, uh, yeah, I guess it's a human thing to do. Take a picture. All right, they got him. That's good. Back to jail with this guy for the rest of his life. And, um, yeah, what, what do you have to lose, right? What do you have to Well, you know what they could do? They could put him in the hole, right? Do they still have the hole? Remember in Escape from Alcatraz? They put that guy in the hole for, like, a month. Totally dark in there. God, can you imagine that? And they had no sense of time. They didn't know what time it was in there. Um all right, so he's uh, that's done. Hey, Howard Safer died, the former police commissioner, former uh, fire commissioner. I uh, thought he was a pretty effective law enforcement professional. I liked him. Uh, saw him around town here and there, and uh, he'll be missed. Eighty-one years old, Howard Safer, uh, a good police commissioner. Um, yeah, lost him, and we also lost Felicia Taylor. You know, who Felicia Taylor is she was a, a reporter for NBC local, and then she went to CNN. I really liked her too. I remember running into her on 9-11, not too far from the World Trade Center. Tough as nails reporter, but very glamorous, a bit of a socialite. 
Her father was Rod Taylor, who, uh, actor, he was in The Birds and several other movies, a movie with uh, Jane Fonda and a couple of other things. Very good looking guy. I think he was Australian. Anyway, um, yeah, Felicia Taylor, dead at the age of 59. They don't know how she died. She went to bed one night and woke up dead. They don't know what happened to her. This happened a few days ago. I just, but I'm just finding out about it. So, and I liked her and I'm sorry to, uh, to see that. All right. What else? The impeachment inquiry and Democrats are running around trying to say that, uh, Republicans are crazy. There's nothing here. Um, let's see. And, and the media, they're trying to find every rhino they can find. And there are a lot of them to say, well, there's nothing to look at here. I mean, there's there's no evidence tying this to Joe Biden. Are you kidding me? you got to be on mescaline to not see it. And it's amazing. The culture that defends Joe Biden, right? Remember, the culture, the, 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 uh, the establishment that tries to say that Joe Biden is innocent and being hounded by these horrible Republicans. This is the same culture. This is the same establishment that says that uh, drag queens showing up in schools is actually a good idea. That will defend uh, drag time story hour and drag shows with children present, right? That's that crowd. That is the Democrat agenda. It's a big component of it. Also, we actually, they say we have a secure border. We know, we know the truth. They will lie. They, there's no compunction. Maybe they don't even think they're lying. And this stuff has happened in plain sight and it goes unreported. All right. Stuff that we could all see that I'm telling you that they will, not look at they'll not report i mean little things and big things but you can all see it we could see joe biden falling down as he got onto air force one right or at the air force academy he falls down all over the place they don't put it on tv he looks at his watch at a memorial ceremony those 13 soldiers and marines coming back from afghanistan the guy who's supposed to be so good at empathy totally botched the whole thing made the families furious they don't report it Little things like how he met Jill Biden, how Joe and Jill met. According to this, they came up with this whole fantasy about how they met. But Joe actually stole the wife of a good friend of his. Yeah. Jill was married to a guy named Bill Stevenson and Joe moved in on her. All right. Now, I'm not saying it makes Joe necessarily, it doesn't make him the best guy in the world, doesn't make him the worst guy in the world. Unfortunately, infidelity and divorce, it's kind of happens, right? A lot. But why won't they tell the truth about Joe Biden? Hmm, why won't they lift the damn finger? How about when he falls asleep on the international stage in front of everybody? What about the laptop? They ignored that. How about every aspect of his resume that he lied about? Every single aspect of his resume. We have documented proof. That he lied. They don't report it. Bo Biden died in Iraq, Joe says. No, he didn't. He died in Maryland. He died in Maryland. Why do you besmirch your own son like that? He says, Joe Biden, that he was shot at in Iraq. He was not shot at in Iraq. He wasn't. It's a total and complete lie. You think you think an assassination attempt on the vice president of the United States when he was in Iraq might have made news? Yeah, I think it would have. But it didn't happen. More recently, he lied at the 9-11 ceremony, saying that he was at Ground Zero the day after 9-11. And possibly the most disturbing of all, Tara Reid, a very credible woman who worked for Joe Biden in the early 1990s, comes forward and says, um, Joe Biden sexually assaulted me. And she has about 100 times more evidence than Christine Blasey Ford has. 
Christine Bozzi Ford, of course, she is celebrated by our per- corrupt culture, our corrupt media. They put her um, in the national spotlight in the most protective and kind of celebratory way they can. The whole nation stops for a day and listens to her BS story, right? What happened to Tara Reid? I think she got on a podcast once, right? Was she on the the Today Show? Was she on Good Morning America? No. And they try to say she's a Russian spy. She must be a Russian spy. And now that they're moving forward with an impeachment inquiry, you know what they're trying to do, the Democrats and uh, uh, the media, they're raising all kinds of questions, not about Joe Biden's conduct, but about how, where do the Republicans get off with an impeachment inquiry? And they're saying, well, they have to follow this procedure, and Kevin McCarthy is trying to do this to secure his, his right flank, and it's all about the process. They're like... A lot of stories about impeachment of Joe Biden, but it's all like, how dare the Republicans do this? They know there's nothing there. They're just trying to do this. They're just doing this to appease their MAGA base. It's all political. It's all political. As if political is a bad thing, by the way. You know, political. They really have demonized the word political. It's politics. It's politics. But the men and women, the men and women of the State Department, the men and women of the intelligence community, Right. The men and women of the FBI, they're beyond reproach. Right. You know what? They're not. I mean, they're not political in the sense that they weren't elected. They like it that way. They've got power. They have kind of shrouded themselves in this. You can't touch us. We are the men and women of the federal government, the men and women who serve this government day in and day out. Working hard. Working with integrity. No, I don't believe that. You know, I, I, there's more accountability with my congressman, all right? Congressman has to come around every two years and ask for a vote. I, I understand that they have a lock on it almost as well. But there is something to democracy, right? We elect these guys, and they go off, and they represent us. And representing me right now, I can see that Joe Biden is dirty as hell, and so can everyone else. And, but in this corrupt, weird, warped, Mirror, mirror, upside down world we live in. Joe Biden is innocent and Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. We all know a lot better. Hey, um, let's see. The Comer people, you know about uh, Congressman Comer. He runs the oversight. They just put out a pretty damn effective um, document here. 14 points summarizing Joe Biden's corruption, thorough and complete corruption. I am liking this. You know. Even Republicans sit around and say, oh, well, you know, they've done a bad job in presenting the facts. They haven't done a good. I don't think so. I mean, Americans have a terrible attention span. The media are not helping them tell the story at all. Uh, but there is a story to be told, and it's really not that complicated. It's not that complicated. I showed it. I show it every day here, elsewhere. Joe Biden engaged in a bribery scheme with a foreign national. Joe Biden, as vice president, got the Ukrainian prosecutor general fired in order to help the company where his son served on the board. Joe Biden has participated in his family's global business ventures with America's adversaries. President Biden is compromised by deals with foreign adversaries. There was political interference from the Biden administration and Trump appointed prosecutor David Weiss's investigation of Hunter Biden. The Biden administration is stonewalling congressional investigators. Joe Biden and the White House have changed their story on the president's alleged Involvement. Now, the White House is trying to debunk all of those claims, saying that there is it's really wild. It is it is kind of like 1984 stuff. It really is. It's so 
I never thought we'd come to this position, you know? Do you really? There used to be right and wrong. Hey, we weren't all so political either. I remember once somebody came in and saw me in flight school. This is 1993. And I was reading uh, a copy of the New York Times. If you meet this person, to this day, they will say, yeah, I, the first time I met Greg Kelly, he was reading a newspaper. Like it was the weirdest thing in the world. Somebody in their 20s reading the New York Times was unusual. Now we are so hyper online. We are so consumed with this stuff. You know why, in part? Because people have lost religion. You know, we don't think about God. We don't think about Jesus. You can come out as a gay person, gay, transsexual, you name it, whatever, LGBTQ plus TIA, and be celebrated and embraced more, and not only more, I mean, you could be canceled if you start talking about your relationship with Jesus Christ and God. You try to talk about that. You try to be open about your faith. Can't be open about your faith. You might offend somebody, but you damn well should. You have a duty to be open about your sexuality. Now, how how backwards, how 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 corrupt, how dirty is this moment? Really, totally and completely backwards. I am so pleased that I am not one of them, that I am not beholden to their customs, to their standards, to their fake narratives. I am just, I, it, it's a place of freedom. And I hope you're there too. Oh, but there's this. Now, I said about three weeks ago, that Joe Biden will have to withdraw his candidacy for the presidency by the end of October. And I stand by that. Everybody was saying, well, who's this crazy, radical, conservative, MAGA insurrectionist saying that stuff? Well, I know my stuff. And now a great big uh, fake news columnist that they love down there in Washington, D.C., David Ignatius is his name. He has come out and he said he's called on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to quit the race. David Ignatius, ultra-liberal, ultra-well-light in the swamp. Now, why he's saying that is, he's actually calling for them to drop out. Colonists do this all the time. Once they get a tip that something's about to happen, they they call for it so they can claim responsibility. Like, I told Joe Biden to quit the race, therefore he quit the race. No, it doesn't work that way. But it's a sign that my prediction is coming true. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, the gall of these guys at the White House. There's this jerk named Ian Sams. I saw him yesterday. He's like Baghdad Bob. <laughs> he's 30 years old or something. He wears these stupid-looking glasses, and it's fine to wear glasses, but his look actually insane. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> he doesn't – Joe Biden has been lying – since before this guy was born, and he's out there saying nonsense like this. Cut 22, please, 22. The truth is that the president, as he has said publicly for years, uh, calls his family every day to check in. He calls his son every day to check in. He calls his other family members to check in to see how they're doing. He loves them. They're they're a tight-knit family. And what the GOP's own witness testified in this case is that that's exactly what the president was doing. He was checking in with Hunter during a particularly hard time, I might add, a time where the family was going through uh, Hunter's brother Bo's illness. Uh, and, of course, the president checks in with his son and talks to him. But, again, that witness testified 
No business dealings of Hunter Biden's or anyone's was discussed in these conversations. And so, again, they're trying to make this sort of strange connection. Strange. Their own investigation has disproven these claims. Well, let me tell you what the own investigation, their own investigation actually has proven with the witness he just cited. And you see, he's even gotten his little minions to invoke death, right, and sickness as an excuse. So Bo Biden was going through a very, right, uh, the, the addiction and all that stuff, right? Trying to play on, you know, the, the, uh, the human beings and sympathy, but they're totally misleading everybody. In July 2023, former Biden business associate Devin Archer described how Joe Biden was the brand and was used to send signals of power, access, and influence to enrich the Biden family from foreign sources. <laughs> you know, I talk to my dad a lot. All right. I've never talked to him on speakerphone in front of, you know, my boss, uh, advertisers, clients, you know, and I've never actually spoken to him on speakerphone where let's say he's having a meeting and all of his uh, chiefs of police are right there, right? That's insane. Nobody does it that way. They real, they have no respect. People who lie to you don't respect you and they think you'll fall for it. James Flippin. I'm pretty fed up. How are you? Did you get that nasty letter from the White House, by the way? I didn't personally get it, but I'm well aware of that letter. Yeah. They sent out a letter saying that, you know, a news organization should do what? Basically that uh, the White House is saying news organizations should highly scrutinize, and maybe I'm paraphrasing, what the Republicans are doing with this impeachment inquiry into President Biden, that they should, in essence, try to... Um, I don't know, challenge the, the truth behind it or, you know, investigate what they're calling the Republicans lies. You know what? I actually interpreted it as uh, go after the Republicans, period. Just go after them. Start investigating them. They have been doing this for a while. The Republicans on Capitol Hill are actually afraid of the FBI investigating them, you know, for other stuff, combing through their phones, right, as a way to deter anybody asking big questions about Joe Biden. Um the White House, this little punk, a punk named Ian. Uh, give me a moment. Stay here, okay? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I think the impeachment inquiry is absurd. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. The bottom line is, as we've said, you can only accomplish keeping the government open in a bipartisan way. What does Chuck Schumer know? about improving people's lives. 
what's what is <laughs> career politician? Like we really we really depend on you people, right? Uh, hey, you. I want an impeachment over this, please. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. Wow. Yep, that's impeachable. It's probably even arrestable. That is arrestable. And uh, if you think that this is trivial, um, and Joe Biden and looking into the finances and whatever the hell happened over there, China, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, Romania over the years and Hunter and the laptop and all that stuff. Well, there's a damn good chance that our weak and lame approach to China is because Joe Biden is owned by China, that there is dirt that China has on Joe Biden. And that's why we let the damn spy balloon fly all the way over the country. And we don't shoot it around, shoot it down until it's finished with his mission. How about all this insane money that we're giving to Ukraine without any pressure whatsoever for a peace deal, right? You think Ukraine might have some dirt on Joe? Burisma, Shokin, Poroshenko, all that mess? You can count on it. You can count on it. This is so much more important than, you know, just some run of the mill corrupt politician. All right. This is a guy who is rearranging international order. Because he's afraid of getting caught. That's my belief. James Flippin is back. James, um, all right, let's put that stuff aside. Anything percolating big? I actually do have two news stories that connect to what you were just talking about in its own way. Chuck Schumer yesterday said that artificial intelligence is one of the most unique or important challenges facing Congress right now. And they're having an artificial intelligence hearing today in D.C. where Elon Musk will be... uh, providing testimony or, you know, disposition, whatever. And apparently Elon Musk is being blamed right now for the war between Russia and Ukraine. I don't know how much you've heard about all that. There was supposedly the Starlink satellite system, the you Starlink can't blame, satellite. Yeah, you can't blame the war on him. Boy, artificial intelligence like th- these people, the Congress <laughs> intelligence. I mean, this is real stuff. This is re- this is why, gosh, I'm so depressed about. Certain things in our public life. These people are so mediocre. They are, you know, career politicians. They don't have the bandwidth. They don't have the intelligence. They don't have the capacity. They don't, uh, they're just thinking about their own little needs and wants. And I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. And they're going to start regulating artificial intelligence. They have no idea. Elon Musk goes in there and he laughs at him. So did, uh, what's his name? Um, the Facebook guy. Zuckerberg. Yeah, him. Remember when he showed up and he was like, he felt sorry for these lawmakers. They didn't know what the hell they were talking about. Mm. All right. What about the Aaron Rodgers thing? Anything new about that? Yeah. Well, actually, the NFL Players Union is now calling on all 32 NFL teams to install natural grass fields because the thinking is that artificial turf, even though it's not like the Astro turf from the 70s, it's improved somewhat, that artificial turf increases injuries. So the players' union wants them to get rid of the artificial turf, nothing but grass. Well, they've had artificial turf since 1972. I think the Houston Astros were the first. Well, actually, in the NFL, it was the – I had to look this up because of the story. But um, the Philadelphia Eagles in 1969 installed artificial turf at Franklin Field. And Aaron Rodgers gets a boo-boo, and now they want to change the damn field. The players have been criticizing the playing surface at MetLife for a long time, though. They've said that that – Meadowlands Field, MetLife Stadium in particular, has a really dangerous playing surface. Well, look, um, you know, somebody came up to me and said, how 
Now, I can't believe you're being so mean to Aaron Rodgers and, you know, like, wow, he really meant a lot to New York and give me a break. Number one, I don't know where he's from. I can guarantee you it's not New York. California. All right. That's, there's that. Uh, like Jerry Seinfeld once said, you know, when you're rooting for your home team, you're not. You're rooting for the clothes. The laundry. The, the uniform, mm-hmm. right. Uh, what else about that guy? I took another look at his house in New Jersey because the fire department showed up there for some weird reason. False alarm. Um, it's bigger than the Delta Airlines terminal at LaGuardia Airport. It even looks like an airline terminal. Yeah, it's a glass house, right. I mean, you know, you want to feel sorry for somebody. I know, I know people who've been fired, you know, in the past month or so, right? And they weren't making, they didn't win the Super Bowl one year. They don't, they're not a sponsor of some crazy watch company and cars and girls and all this stuff. The last person in the world you should feel sorry for. And you take one look at the guy. I mean, one look. And that's all it took for me. He's too old. He's too old. Look at Tom Brady. He defies age, right? And oh, by the way, he works like a demon, like a total demon. Right. You never see him out. This guy's screwing around at the the sideline of the, uh, what is it, the Knicks game, mm-hmm. you know, like where the celebs are. And he's got this big goofy look on his face. He's just enjoying life too much. Hey, that's great. Have at it. You can't be a quarterback of a winning team that kind of, I'm going to say laziness. And mm. I talked to some other football guys who actually know their stuff. They're like, one of the problems is he wasn't working out. Mm. He wasn't training hard. Mm. And I believe that. I see the footage of him. He's like tossing around the ball with friends. Well, I mean, there has been a lot of uh, commentary surrounding preseason in the NFL. And you know, nobody really plays in the preseason anymore because they're so worried about injury. But some have said you're actually kind of increasing the risk of injury but not giving these guys some more on-the-field, real-speed practice time, which is, in essence, what preseason is supposed to be. The other thing, Aaron Rodgers uh, was s- drinking that crazy Hayakasha tea, which is some sort of psychedelic... Yeah, ay- ayahuasca. Whatever it is. Yeah. It gives you all kinds of visions and weirdness, and it's a hallucinogenic. Right. So he was drinking this stuff and talking about how you should drink it, and then he's hugging everybody. I love you, man. I love you, bro, which is... You know, just not the eye of the tiger. You want, you want a killer. Mm-hmm. All right. You can love humanity, but you got to get to work. Yeah. Hugging everybody. You, I love you, bro. You know, what's kind of interesting is that last night on X, I was going to say Twitter, uh, former sportscaster Keith Olbermann was commenting on the Aaron Rodgers injury and he, uh, quote tweeted a tweet from the Jets where they said, you know, not the way any of us wanted it to go. And Keith Olbermann said, well, I wouldn't say any of us because i guess he doesn't like aaron Rodgers because of the whole vaccine thing hey, or something wanna, like that that you think you think that's a provocative tweet did you see what i put out this morning did you see it hey does anybody have twitter i can't actually access my twitter i've been blocked by twitter from accessing my own twitter yeah it's a long story i can't look okay. at my twitter can somebody else put it up right now and you can read the tweet i just kind of actually probably said half of it but it's pretty damn good especially the end the zinger uh keith olbermann is a very deranged man by the I, it way. just came off as very bitter to me like i mean i don't think like you're not happy you got it? per se that rogers is hurt you're just saying you knew this was gonna you want happen me to read it? Right. yeah diego why don't you read my brilliant tweet sorry but aaron Rodgers lost the eye of the tiger when he started drinking that dopey psychedelic crazy tea concoction concoction he became a big i love you bro kind of guy lost his edge i wonder if he'll be drinking that stupid tea on the bench Oh, that's right. That's the line. You think he'll be drinking that stupid tea on the bench? Thank you. He does plan to stay with the team through his injury. So he's got kind of like a, you know, insulting coach, whatever. Like a mascot. He could be like a mascot. Don't do what Aaron did. 
Well, his Sorry. house is like an airport, so you know, I guess you could say he's like a mascot for the Jets. Um, yeah, no, I mean, really, your your heart will get broken sooner or later if you dedicate it to worshiping sports figures. Oh, that's for, oh man, that's for absolute sure. As a Mets fan, I can tell you that much. What are we going to do about the Dino? He still acts like he's twelve years old. He, you know what? I think that the Dino makes a point. I'm not sure. I talked to him about it more off the air that it's like, you know, the fans that you feel for because like what you said, you know, so many of these fans, you know, like they, they kind of, no, I want their... the fans to smarten up and straight. I mean, no, I don't feel, I mean, I don't feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for the fans. No sympathy for the fans. What do you mean sympathy for the fans? They're passionate about their team. They want to see the hey, team win a championship. You know <laughs> there are illegal migrants coming here yes. from all over the world, yes. taking over America. I understand There that. are drag queens in the school. You got passion? Start writing letters to your congressman. But not everybody. Start protesting peacefully, but start protesting. You want, You know what they want? They want you uh, high on the Ayakasha tea. They want you smoking dope. They want you watching Netflix. They want you going to these stupid, woke football games where they play the black national anthem before the national anthem, oh, by the way, you know what? Play the black national anthem. I'm going to take a knee. But Greg, I want to somebody... take a knee. Is there a black national flag? No, there's one national flag, the American flag. Anything else they try to get me to uh, stand for, I'm taking a knee for. And including that, what is it called again? The uh, the black national anthem. It's a lift all voices. Oh, and all voices and this rise is nothing and against, this is This is because we have one country. It should be unified. And yeah, but you know that what? is a song of, I'm sorry, it's, they're trying to rip us apart. And oh, by the way, if there was a song for white people, which God forbid, I would sit down, I would, I would take a knee, I would protest that. I would just, it's so horrific. All of it. Now you could say that Van Halen is like an all white, I've heard people. I think we could probably pick some, <laughs> yeah, we could find some. All right, so, um, I, I would just say the only that as a, as a, someone who follows sports and politics, I think sometimes it's, they're both kind of like fandom. You root for this team, you root for that team, you root for the red team, the blue team, Yankees versus Mets. It doesn't you know? get I mean, you anywhere. It doesn't get you anywhere. But the but worrying about politics usually doesn't either, though. That's the thing. You're no, right. actually, actually, right now, buddy, we are on the verge of losing this country forever, forever, forever. It will be irreparably different, irreparably, if Trump doesn't win. And if, God forbid, something happens to him, a, a, a sane, like-minded conservative doesn't win. Not even a conservative. Just somebody who believes that we should have a border. Just somebody who believes that we should not be prioritizing uh, gender over <laughs> right and wrong, over math and reading and science. I mean, my my requirements these days are actually pretty modest, and I don't consider myself, you know, he's a mega right wing extremist. What's right wing extremist? Well, what does the average person do to get involved? Like, what's what's the average person do? Like, you sit on your couch, you yell and scream at the TV about football, but what do you do about politics? Number one, there are a couple of things. There's a lot of things you can do, a lot of things, and I haven't thought of all of them. But number one, yeah, you can write a letter. I know nobody wants to do that. It's much easier to just bitch and moan and uh, sound off and make a phone call. But no, you got to write a letter. Letter to these guys. Write a letter to ABC News. Write letters, pen and paper. Um, what else can you do? Yeah, you can get active on social media. It's not nearly as effective as the letter writing, but it's a it's a start. Uh, what else can you do? Uh, you can protest peacefully. You can you can vote. You can register to vote. You can give money to a pack to a political action committee to your favorite candidate. You can actually call up and make an appointment to see your congressman to see your councilman. 
to see your state senator, to see your state assemblyman. Do you believe how um, how many elected people we got? I mean, it's kind of getting crazy. It is dizzying. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, at Floyd Bennett Field, 7 o'clock tomorrow night, there will be a protest. Sid Rosenberg and Curtis Lewa plan to attend a protest against the migrant tent city at Floyd Bennett Field. Oh, yeah, Floyd Bennett Field, the old airport. Um, it's kind of far. So you're oh. saying, like, for a protest? <laughs> yeah, I just said that. Here I am. you got to do this. you got to do that. Like, nah. I don't think the subway even goes near that place. Yeah. you got to drive. you got to right. drive. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's good that they're doing that, and a lot of people are going to turn out. And, uh, yeah, that should be. Yeah. I just don't want anything bad to happen to Curtis. I mean, you know, gosh, he's, well, he's everything. Look, he's been shot before, and he survived that. There's no stopping Curtis. Mm-hmm. So um, Sid's going, too, huh? Yeah, apparently they're both going to be there. Yeah, I saw Topple it. the tents rally, they're calling it. Topple the tents. Topple the tents? Are they going to try to do that? Are they going to take the tent <laughs> I don't think away? the tents are up already. So, All right. Um, thank you, James. Thanks, Oop. Greg. We'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know... Uh, we have uh, five Americans who are being held captive in Iran. They will soon be on their way home. And we have let go a bunch of Iranians who are being kept here in Iran in custody for a number of offenses. And they, they worked out a deal which seems to be at our disadvantage, unfreezing $6 billion in Iranian assets. Now, there are ways uh, you can do this without doing that. Uh, there's also <laughs> there's no stipulation about how the Iranians can spend this money, and it looks like they want to spend it on missiles and their nuclear weapons program and all that stuff. Uh, I just don't trust this administration. I don't. I know that Joe Biden has no ability to weigh in on that stuff or to actually handle it himself or to look at the pros and cons of the deal. You know who did? Trump. Uh, Trump was. <laughs> I mean, he was on the phone with these guys talking about individual hostages and you could say that's beneath him uh no it's exactly what you want a president to do and you should look at the rnc 2020 one of the most magnificent political conventions in the history of this country i think that it was just awesome and the 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 case for his re-election in my opinion was ironclad and i do believe he was uh re-elected yeah i've got real concerns about the fairness of that election but i get it joe biden is uh the president that's final uh, until January 20th of 2025. <laughs> and he's not running for re-election. Uh, Sal, hello. Hello. Hello, Greg. Hi. How you doing, my friend? Listen, all the legal beagles, legal schmeagles, they're ignoring, they're overlooking something. If it's an ongoing conspiracy, criminal conspiracy, and, and Biden is benefiting from the dirty money that he and Hunter made years ago, he can still be charged and impeached. And again, Staten Island is being overrun. Come here legally. These guys are of legal, of a military age, strapping young men. They're getting clothes, vouchers for clothing. They're near a elementary school or all-girls Catholic school. I hear you, Sal. I don't like that situation either. 
You know, they have a thing, uh, when you, when you leave a war zone, when you, when you're escaping from a war zone, what do you do if you're a man? You take your wife and your children with you. Uh, when you're going to war and you're a man, you go by yourself and look who's coming into the country. It's like overwhelmingly, uh, single men. It's very, very strange. And at least from China, those who are coming here illegally, especially through Mexico, you know, Gordon Chang does believe that they are here to wage war. I mean, no kidding, combat, terrorism, um, that our infrastructure is at risk. And these guys, who knows what they could do. Thank you. Let's try Christine. Hello. Hey, Greg. Good afternoon. Well, on your uh, show last night, when you had the book Gender Queer, I noticed something. Not enough Republicans around here in Connecticut, New York, and Massachusetts are speaking out against that, Greg. And, and I haven't heard any uh, Republicans in New York speak out about the um, letter that Letitia James and Dr. Betty Rosa made threatening schools to go along with their um, Dignity Act. Uh, you know, I mean, look, I can't tell you. This is an overwhelmingly Democrat town. What specific Republicans are you waiting to hear from? Just how about some uh, Connecticut? Are, I know, but have you looked it up? Have you actually looked it up? I mean, you know, they're under they're undercovered on the on the uh, news, as you know. You know, go to their websites. Maybe they've said something. I know a lot of people sometimes say, you know, I haven't heard anything about this. Why don't they say that? Well, if you look a little bit, they actually some of them have. Anyway, we got to really uh, thank Senator John Kennedy, a Republican of Louisiana. That was stirring what he did yesterday with those books. Really, really powerful stuff. And more Republicans, more everybody. I don't think it's a Republican-Democrat issue. You know, no sex books in, in middle school. Fair enough, fair enough. No sex books in grammar school. I mean, Christine, what Republican is up there in uh, Connecticut that you want to hear from anyway? Well, how about Ben Prado? He's the chair of the Connecticut GOP. Yeah, him. I don't know. I mean, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Did you call him up? I mean, he's a party chair. He's not a uh, – that means he has a full-time job. He does something else. I never heard of the guy, but uh, – you know, hey, Christine, look, you're doing it. Write letters. I know it sounds lame. I know it sounds like a pain in the neck. Uh, but you, you do more than that. You show up. You, uh, you make your voice heard. You file lawsuits. You've done all kinds of amazing things, Christine. And yeah, more people should be speaking, but some of them in, in, in fairness already have. All right. One more. Sandra. Hello, Greg. Um, you know, I wanted to mention that, um, I agree with Donald Trump in, the fact that Judge Tepkin, appointed by Jack Smith, she said she wasn't appointed by Jack Smith. Well, whatever the prosec- said- I mean, wait, 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 whatever. The prosecutor does not appoint the judge. It doesn't work that way. Uh, now, Judge Chuckin is totally biased and too liberal, and a lot of other things, a lot of other conflicts. That's true. Um, and ostensibly, they're chosen randomly or something like that. But the prosecutor doesn't pick the judge. Although sometimes there is monkey business. Like Shira Shinlin, a judge who picked the prosecutor. The judge really wanted to be on that case, the stop and frisk case. But anyway, all right, what else? Well, 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 I wanted to say that she suggested that Trump should be prosecuted in prison. So if she could say that, she she's automatically disqualified from handling the case. That was my point. I mean, if you're going to be the judge or whatever, you can't say that because you're not you're not being. Well, you know, I know she's not. What did she say? She said that. Trump should be prosecuted and imprisoned. Now, <laughs> wait, wait. You mean she was talking about the for the? Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, she's biased. There are all kinds of crazy statements from her, and that's how 
perverted our system is. And in Washington, D.C., there's absolutely no way that, that Donald Trump can get a fair trial in Washington, D.C. I am I am uh, getting more and more confident that this thing is going to be kicked up to the Supreme Court and we may get relief there. I mean, it's is it one bastion of sanity? Is there one little fort, one little holdout where there's still respect for the rule of law? I mean, what's happening to that man? Oh well. All right, there is the music. Uh, you want to prank phone call the White House when we get back? Sure, why not? I'll be right back. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. And you guys do remember the Jerky Boys, right? <laughs> Special surprise in just a little bit. Whenever they say, oh, Joe Biden didn't do anything wrong. Just uh, just try to remember this. I mean, there is evidence all over the place, including that Devin Archer alone was aware of at least 20 times in which then-Vice President Biden spoke on speakerphone with Hunter Biden's foreign business associates. Democrats would have Americans believe that these phone calls with then-Vice President Biden were simply to discuss the weather, which is obviously insane. In February 2014, then-Vice President Joe Biden dined with oligarchs from Russia and Kazakhstan who funneled millions of dollars to Hunter Biden and his business associates. Yeah, some of those, some of that money, including a brand new car, happened right after the very next day after the meeting. In April 2015, then-Vice President Biden dined with Hunter Biden's foreign business associates, including Ukrainian Burisma executive Vadim Parzarsky. Burisma was then being investigated by Ukrainian Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin for corruption. Then-Vice President Biden had coffee with Hunter Biden's Chinese business associate Jonathan Lee of BHR in Beijing and wrote a letter of recommendation for his daughter. In 2015, then-Vice President Biden hosted Hunter Biden and Devin Archer and other business associates at the official residence of the vice president. The topic of discussion was filling the top seat at the United Nations. The Kazakhstani government official who wanted the U.N. position attended both dinners at Cafe Milano with then-Vice President Biden. Yeah, he paid all this money for access, and he was like, I'm not going to be the U.N. Secretary General. He was under the belief that we were as corrupt as the rest of the world and they're like well we, we can help you but we can't be that overt we can't be you got to be you got to be smart about this you can't buy anything big you can't be so obvious let's see here using the pseudonym robert l peters vice president biden was informed by his staff of a call in 2016 with president of ukraine petro poroshenko copied on the official email hunter biden who was sitting on the board of the ukrainian company Burisma. It's all right there. It's all documented. On December 4th, 2015, Biden business associate Eric Sherwin wrote to Kate Bedingfield in the office of the vice president, providing quotes to use in response to media outreach regarding Hunter Biden's role in Burisma, a Ukrainian energy company. Later that day, Ms. Bedingfield responded to Mr. Sherwin saying the vice president has signed off on this. According to Devin Archer, after a Burisma board of directors meeting in Dubai on the evening of December 4th, 2015, Hunter Biden called D.C. to discuss pressure that Burisma asked him to relieve. 
I got email after email. We've all seen it. It's all there. It's documented. They cannot anymore uh, question the authenticity of this stuff. It is right there in our face. Yet they turn their face in the other direction, the mainstream media and Democrats and a number of rhinos. In May 2017, James Giller, a Biden family associate, emailed Hunter Biden and other associates to formalize how they would divide the profit from their deal with CEFC, a Chinese Communist Party-linked energy company. Giller indicated Joe Biden would receive 10%, which has been confirmed by former Biden family associate Tony Bobolinsky. You never see Tony anymore. Why not? That was such a... That guy was amazing. What happened to him? I hope he's safe. On May 20th, 2017, James Giller told Tony Bobolinsky, another business associate, don't mention Joe being involved it's only when we are face to face i know you know that but they are paranoid the biden's they are paranoid oh, oh, oh. uh yeah for real um in a september 21 2017 email hunter biden wrote that joe biden is his business partner and provided joe biden's personal cell phone if the recipient seeks confirmation emails also show that hunter biden cefc officials and joe biden would share offices under the hudson west cefc biden foundation name on july 30th 2017 hunter biden demanded money from chinese business associates and learned that joe biden was sitting next to him if i get a call or text from anyone Involved in this, other than you, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my directive. Jeez. Yeesh. On August 3rd, 2017, Hunter Biden claimed the Bidens are the best I know at doing at doing exactly what the chairman wants from this partnership. Please, let's not quibble over peanuts. The chairman is... Chairman Yi Jiming, he's a Chinese billionaire tied to a CCP intelligence gathering agency. Yi stated that the CEFC China's vision is to obtain overseas resources and serve the national strategy. You know, it's 2017. That's an interesting year where they really turn up the pressure on the Chinese. So what's 2017? August of 2017. Joe is no longer vice president. He left. This is his first time as a, uh, you know, no government job. Since 1972, and he's hungry, and now he can be more overt about it because he is actually, he's not anticipating coming back as president at this point. He doesn't think that's in the cards. Nobody thought it was in the cards, right? I mean, you know, Joe Biden was, you know, forget about it. He was too old. That's one of the reasons why Biden, I'm sorry, Obama picked him because he would never run for president himself because his political future was basically over, done. He had no future. So you want that sometimes in your deputy and your number two. A lot of guys, especially insecure guys, want that. So um, a lot of a lot of things are happening in 2017. He's not in power. He's lost a lot of perks, and he wants a lot of money, and he makes a lot of money somehow. You know, on his income tax form in 2017, you know how much he declared? $11 million. It's a lot of money. You know, it's actually hot, hard to hide money. Now, he says to this day that he made that money via speeches and book deals. No way. Nobody wanted uh, a vice presidential memoir from Joe Biden that bad, right? That's not the kind of money you get for that kind of book. During Rob Walker's recorded interview with the FBI in December of 2020, he told agents that Joe Biden attended that CEFC meeting. Vice President Joe Biden allowed his son to travel on Air Force Two with him to count to court business 
associates around the world. Vice President Biden brought Hunter Biden along to at least 15 countries where he sold the brand to enrich the Biden family. You know, we have footage of this. We have footage of Joe Biden and Hunter on the same plane. Now, they were always trying, they were trying to be discreet about it. You know, Joe would come off the plane first. Hunter would get off through the back door. But Hunter would be waiting for Joe in the limo. Hunter Biden's business associates reportedly visited the White House more than 80 times. In 2014, a report indicates that Vice President Biden met with two of Hunter's Mexican business associates at the White House. In October 2015, a report says that Hunter Biden arranged a video call with his father and Mexican business partners. The next month, then-Vice President Biden hosted Mexican business partners and a Biden associate, Jeff Cooper, at the vice president's official residence. Got a picture of that. In February of 2016, then-Vice President Biden allowed his son and Biden associate Jeffrey Cooper to fly to Mexico on Air Force Two to meet with business partners. The FBI's June 30th, 2020 FD 1023 form contains allegations that then-Vice President Joe Biden allegedly engaged, engaged in an extortion scheme where he was paid $5 million in exchange for certain actions. Hunter's pitch to Chinese investors was access to his father, Joe Biden. In September 2011, while his father was vice president, Hunter wrote in an email that his value to Chinese investors has nothing to do with me and everything to do with my last name. <laughs> Got the email right here. In 2019, Hunter Biden texted his daughter claiming, unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. Twenty. Per- I thought it was 20% for the big guy. It's a lot more for the big guy. Look at all that stuff. You know, I like to point this out. I, I looked up Joe Biden's house where he was living when he was elected to the U.S. Senate. It's a very ordinary house, very small, very suburban. You would never look twice at it, right? You just, that's what he had when he went into politics. When he comes out of politics, he has one, two, three mansions. Three. Three. That's a lot. How many mansions do you have? And these are mansions. These are no kidding mansions. Huge. In the 1970s, he had the Rockefeller place. He was 32 years old. He had no money. How the hell did he get the Rockefeller house, the biggest house in in Delaware? I like to point that out because, you know, you look, you compare these guys, and they're all the same. Bill Clinton, he lived in a brick cottage when he was elected governor of Arkansas. And when he left government, he moves into that uh, that great big crib up there in Chappaqua, right? I mean, huge. Many millions of dollars. Barack Obama has, I think, <laughs> I, I, I've lost, I think he has seven houses. Barack Obama is most likely a billionaire at this point. Look at where he was living when he was elected to uh, the state senate in Illinois. He was living in a small apartment, <laughs> a small little apartment. Um, and now look at him. Now look at Donald Trump. Where did Donald Trump go after he left the White House. He went right back to the same places he was living before he became president. Places that he's had since the 1980s. Yeah, well, wait a second. There are mansions, too. Yeah, I know. But they're his. And he had them in 1985, right? Mar-a-Lago, Trump Tower. Bedminster was acquired, I think, about 20 years ago. Isn't Doesn't that say something to you? It, it It's significant to me. And I love that about him. 
I love it. Hey, can we go to the White House real quick? Uh, turn up, turn up the volume. Go back to the team. I want to get the right information to you. So let me talk to the team about that specific that specific um, reporting, and then we're certainly uh, we'll have that information for you. As you know, the president has done everything that he can uh, to work on an issue uh, at uh, at the border that has existed for decades to work to improve the immigration uh, system. Uh, he's done that alone uh, without the help of Republicans, and certainly you see the governor con- constantly doing political stunts, and the president's going to do everything that he can. Okay. What about the impeachment stuff? On the memo that was sent out to news organizations about covering this impeachment inquiry, uh, can you give us some background into the decision-making of why you thought sending that was necessary? I'm going to leave that to the White House counsel uh, for my colleague who sent that, that uh, memo. Uh, just laid out really uh, kind of specifically as to how we see uh, this process has moved forward, how there is no evidence. Uh, it's not even coming from us. It's coming from Republicans uh, in, in, in Congress. We've been very clear about that. I actually think uh, that memo lays out uh, pretty, pretty, in pretty good detail of why we uh, felt uh, it was important to put that out. I'm just not going to get beyond what my colleague has shared with all of you. And with that, folks. Can you explain why the president interacted with so many of his son's foreign business associates? More than half of voters told CNN they believe the president wasn't involved and he lied. You can't have a response to that, Cream. There she goes, running away. Can't handle it. It's funny, actually. She can't handle anything that's remotely challenging. They have another guy who handles national security. Um, his name is Kirby. You've seen him with that crazy suit from the 1950s. Uh, they have another guy who's handling this stuff, Ian, crazy Ian, with the weirdo sunglasses. He looks like Thomas Dolby. And uh, Kareem can uh, – <laughs> uh, I don't have anything on that for you right now. Uh, I have to defer you to the counselor's office. I have to defer you there. I have to refer you, you – know, she can't handle anything on her own. Hey – in a little bit. All right, I'm going to let the big surprise out. All right, Kamal from the Jerky Boys. Kamal from the Jerky Boys will be joining us in a little bit. You know who I'm talking about, right? Kissel. Kissel. Hey, this is Kissel. And uh, Tarbosh, the Egyptian magician. All right. His friend Johnny Brennan. Well, they're no longer friends, but Johnny Brennan, obviously the giant. These guys, the Jerky Boys together. I love them both. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, who remembers the Jerky Boys? Uh, the great comedy duo, Johnny Brennan, all those voices uh, that he did, the characters, totally amazing. And uh, and his buddy, his then buddy, Kamal, Tarbosh, the Egyptian magician, uh, Kissel, uh, the rest, and uh, Kamal Ahmed is a great filmmaker these days. And um, how you doing there, Bucktooth? Hey, what's up there, Chief? <laughs> Johnny, uh, Kamal, you're, that's right off a of Jerky Boy 4, one of the best phone calls in the history of phone calls. Kamal. I got right. tons of trains over here. We'll bring him right, here. Right, we'll bring him here. <laughs> Where are hey, you, listen, Greg? I yeah. Just wanna, hey, I want to say something. You got to be mayor of the city. You, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. You see it outside. I feel. I feel like Travis Bickle now when I walk around. Yeah, you want to do something crazy. I hear you. It's really messy out there. All right. Well, I'm thinking about it. Hey, what am I going to do about Curtis though? He wants to be mayor too. Beat him up. <laughs> you take over. <laughs> 
we we got to get back to the old school stuff. This this whatever's going on right now isn't working. I'm a middle of the road guy. I don't want to get political, but uh, whatever they're doing now isn't working. No, I hear you. Come on. I hear you. Well, listen, first of all, I just wanted to thank you, Uh, you and Johnny, the jerky boys. You provided me with, I mean, countless, countless hours of, of, of laughter, of joy. Some of the funniest stuff I ever heard was on Jerky Boy one two three four uh, the rest uh, the movie it was all fantastic. Wait when, a minute, you laughed at the movie? Yeah, as a matter of fact, when you guys were just sitting there on the couch and Johnny hits you, what do you want to do today? Remember that? And then uh, I, your mother's complaint. Forget about. Yeah, you didn't like the movie. Why not? What happened with the movie? Well, for starters, they hired a director from L.A that didn't understand anything from New York, any kind of humor from New York. And, you know, everyone in the film is from New York, you know, and we would say all these jokes or whatever, like everybody. And the guy didn't get it. He was like, I don't see it. I don't get it. That's what he always used to say. (laughs) And, uh, and it was Disney too. Like Warner brothers met us and said, you can make any kind of movie you want. We're Warner brothers. We got famous on gangster films. doesn't matter. And your uh, buddy over there wanted to go with uh, Disney. And Disney said, guys, you can't make any kind of movie you want. We're Disney. All right. Well, hey, I mean, all right. This is where it comes. The feud between you and Johnny. I don't know. There's no what. There was a falling out. I just love it if you guys could get back together again. Um, You know, there's friction there. And there's always friction in creative partnerships. Right now, I, I don't think there's any friction. It's like we just went in different directions. I, I mean, I'm making films, and uh, I have a series out called Crash the System, which you can see on Amazon and uh, Ubi and uh, Apple. It's called Crash the just, System. It's on Amazon. Right. What's it about? It's an interesting story. It's about corruption. It's about uh, an iconoclastic character trying to fight against I guess the 1% against uh, a lot of things we don't like what's going on, but I did it in the guise of a kind of a weapons industry uh, story over there, you know, and what, give and takes. And, uh, crash the system, available on Amazon. Congratulations. And what's the next thing you're working on right now? Well, I just finished doing season two. Uh, like last night, I we had me wrapped uh, last night, so... Kamal, uh, you got to come there. back soon. Everybody should go watch Crash the System, available on Amazon. Kamal Kamal Ahmed, you're a legend, sir, and Johnny, too. Thank Wait, you. that's it? <laughs> we'll have you back soon. Don't worry. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, that was a real treat for me to talk to Kamal from the Jerky Boys. Next up, we got to get Johnny Brennan on this show, and uh, I think he's amazing as well. Really, those guys, the talent, the talent. You know, Johnny does the voices now, a bunch of voices on uh, on Family Guy and uh, this, that, and the other thing. He's he's all over the place. He's a great, great guy. Let's see. I think uh, Kamal's in Queens. Johnny is upstate, in the upstate region. In the upstate region, by Middletown, by the Taco Bell. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Probably not. <laughs> Forgive me on that one. Um, let's see here. I mentioned Howard Safer died. Yeah, what a great guy. And did I mention this though? He was a he was a very good commissioner. You know, it was really the pits. I mean, really terrible. Bill Bratton. 
that guy. You know why I was thinking about him this morning? Because I walked about mm, 10 blocks and I had some errands to do, so I stopped along the way. And I realized there was only about maybe, how long was I gone? I don't know. Only a small portion of my little trip doing the errands did I not spell marijuana. It was everywhere. Marijuana is the flavor of New York now. It is the flavor of New York. And you know who we have to thank for that? There are a lot of things going on culturally, and that, right, there's a lot. But I think one of the most pivotal moments and shameful moments in law enforcement history is when Bill de Blasio and Bill Bratton at that police headquarters went out of their way, had a big press conference to hold up a pound of marijuana in a plastic bag and say, you can carry this much marijuana and not be arrested. You can carry all this marijuana legally and not be arrested. It's incredible, and it's a huge bag of weed. And I think that was like really, truly the be- the fall of New York right there. You can pinpoint a moment. Of course, when de Blasio was elected and he pointed this phony, baloney, disloyal, uh, egomaniac, uh, Bratton, who has this whole racket of uh, coming into a police department that he has no loyalty to, no allegiance, starts bad-mouthing the department to everybody, all the reporters, and they think, oh, wow, this is very interesting. We've never had a, we've never had a police executive talk so, so honestly about the police. Yeah, because he has nothing invested in it. He parachutes in. It's a total scam. And him with that silly bag of weed. Silly bag of weed. You can have this much. And yeah, people were shot and killed and died, died, killed, killed. Because of de Blasio and Bratton. Absolutely. 2014, especially. Look it up. A horrible, bloody year. Really. And it was all avoidable. Yeah. And you know who's complicit? The fake news media. Big time. Big time. And they've even gotten worse. They've even, they greased the wheels. Now we have somebody even lower than de Blasio. Eric Adams. Lower than de Blasio. I didn't think that was possible. But yeah. And a big reason, big reason, identity politics. Just the silliest thing in the world. But they picked on, they picked on the Asian guy and they gave the black guy a pass because they didn't want to be accused of certain things or whatever. I don't care what anybody, how about pursuing the truth? Why don't you get accused of pursuing the truth? How does that sound? Tom and Tom's River. How appropriate. Hello, sir. Yeah, Greg, uh, I think I really enjoy uh, listening to you. I enjoy Curtis, too. He's uh, he's unique. He's got his... Uh, uh, I'm glad you approve of the programming. What brings you to my telephone? Uh, I think you would make a better mayor than uh, Curtis because of the fact that uh, you beat him hands down when you said Felicia Taylor woke up dead this morning. That was... Fantastic. What do you mean that was fantastic? What are you talking about? It sounds like you got a. What do you? What do you? Why, why is that fantastic? What's what, what's wrong with you? What's going on here, Tom? Woke up dead. <laughs> oh. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slip of the tongue. Whatever. Woke up dead. Well, she was dead in the bed, and uh, Felicia Taylor. 
Uh, you trying to stir up trouble between uh, me and uh, Curtis, right? Uh, he, he he's never been that stupid. <laughs> all right, Tommy. Listen, you're pissing on the memory of Felicia Taylor. All right, it's a great woman, and um, I I miss her already. I miss her already. And um, you try going on the radio for uh, two hours a day, TV, an hour, all live, all unscripted, Tom. I'm sure you're flawless. I'm sure you're Winston Churchill every time you open your mouth. I am sure you are like Thucydides, aren't you, Tommy? Hmm? Tell me yep. more. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh. That's all you got? Ah. Goodbye. No, no, Chris, no, no. Chris is uh, in Monroe. Hello, Chris. Hey, Greg. What's up, Dan Nitz? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I just love that uh, you had Kamala on there because I, I'm a Jerky Boys fan. Always have been for a long time. And, you know, I actually know I live up in that area, and I know where that Taco Bell is in Middletown. So uh, I'm glad to hear that he was on there. The Civil fun. War memorabilia. Oh, God, I love every bit of it. The Gatling gun. The Gatling gun. Oh, yeah. Oh, my word. Anyway, what's up? Anything else? Oh, geez. Way too many things to even get started. All right. We'll leave it at that. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, they're now they're escorting the guy who was caught in, uh, where the hell was he caught here? Uh, the escapee, they have him in a motorcade, a presidential sized motorcade. This guy is going to be the king of the prison when he gets back. He's going to be the hero of the jail, right? He escaped. He eluded capture for two weeks. He's like the biggest uh, prisoner in the in the world right now. He's the most famous. He's got the most cred. I mean, he's a horrible murderer. He's killed, I think, two people, one in Brazil, one here, and uh, bad stuff. Hey, uh, what's his name, by the way? <laughs> Nobody knows his name. Uh, Cavalente, Cavalcante, it doesn't matter. Wow, it's like the OJ thing. He's going slow speed in a vehicle. And uh, on his way back to uh, jail, I wonder if they'll put him in a special one, a special escape-proof jail, like Supermax in Colorado. Have you ever seen Supermax? Supermax is in Colorado. It is impossible to escape from. Well, they say anything can be a... They used to say that about Al- Alcatraz. They used to say that about Alcatraz. Uh, let's try Gino. Uh, where are you? Staten Island? Yes, this is Gino from Grasmere. And uh, let me tell you something, Greg. Uh, Grassmere is the town where they're going to put where they put those those young strapping guys near the girls' school. Not only that, Greg, but Grassmere is next to Fort Wadsworth, the longest consecutive. Thank you. Active. Thank you. Thank you, Gino. Um, yeah, I don't know a lot of these neighborhoods. Have you ever heard of Grassmere? Neither have I. Now I know, like, oh, how can you not know Grassmere? Well, relax. Have you ever heard of Vinegar Hill? No. Okay. Have you ever heard of um, Oakland Gardens? These are all neighborhoods in, okay, you did, but I didn't for many decades. Um, these are all neighborhoods in New York. Some of them, I think, were invented by real estate agents, uh, and some of them actually go back to the Revolutionary War. Grassmore, Elkington, I know that is in Staten Island, but I don't know where. The geography of it uh, eludes me, eludes me. Hey, Matt Gates, does he need to lighten up? I don't know. Uh, do me a favor. He's a very sharp guy from Florida. Cut 21. Cut 21. If Democrats bail out McCarthy, as they may do, then I will lead the resistance to this uniparty and the Biden-McCarthy-Jeffries government that they are attempting to build. 
I know that Washington isn't a town where people are known for keeping their word. Well, Speaker McCarthy, I'm here to hold you to yours. Mr. Speaker, dust off our written January agreement. You have a copy. Reflect on the spirit of that agreement and build on the start that we had moments ago. Begin to comply. No continuing resolutions, individual spending bills are bust, votes on balanced budgets and term limits, subpoenas for Hunter Biden and the members of the Biden family who've been grifting off of this country, and the impeachment for Joe Biden that he so richly deserves. Do these things or face a motion to vacate the chair. Wow. Um, he's great, incredibly eloquent, smart. He's a lawyer, um, big future. I think, I think, uh, does he, what does he want to do? What does he want to do? Does he want to run for the Senate? Does he want to be, I think if I had to bet money, he's going to be president someday. I don't totally understand the relationship with McCarthy. Hey, I've never served in Congress. Um, I do think that this impeachment inquiry is a good thing and it looks like he had to be pressured into it. And, uh, yeah, good job on Matt Gates. I mean, what the hell was Kevin McCarthy uh, waiting for? Wait a second. I got a little tip here from Jerry in New Jersey. Uh, yes, hello? Hi, Greg. Yeah. Bill Bratton gave an interview last week on another radio, and he was so disparaging against Rudy Giuliani. It made me sick. I really wanted to call him up and tell him he was a punk. Well, like I tweeted uh, this morning, the, the thing you got to understand about Bill Bratton is he's thoroughly disloyal. He's loyal to himself only. He's got a huge ego, and um, he has screwed over every boss he's ever worked for, ever worked for, including Giuliani, as you just mentioned, even including de Blasio. De Blasio had his faults, but, uh, you know, gave uh, Bratton his uh, dream job. He conned his way into it, and... Uh, and Bratton started uh, undermining him and um, and uh, actually betrayed him. And Shirlene McRae, who I'm no fan of, <laughs> famously yelled at Bill de Blasio, I told you we couldn't trust him. <laughs> so what did he say about uh, Rudy, Mayor Giuliani? Oh, well, he deserved everything he got uh, between sex, uh, drinking, and hitching his train or whatever to Trump. He made his own mess, and he deserves whatever he's this is what right Bratton, now. What, this is what Bratton was saying? Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, the thing about Rudy is he is making his greatest contribution to America right now. He was a spectacularly successful mayor, right? But even more now, as a lawyer, he is doing more to defend this country and to make it great again, I think, and what is he, you know, they they talk about the fall from grace, the fall from grace, the fall. What are they talking about? Because he's trying to help a, a, a president who is beloved. All right. I mean, I, he has his detractors. He ran afoul of the fake news. You know, he became an ally of Donald Trump. I'm an ally of Donald Trump. You know, you won't find me in the New York Times. You know, the New York Times actually used to write about me every now and then, every now and then. Uh, and they still do in a disparaging way. Anyway. Yeah. That guy is no good out for himself, and uh, I wonder where he is. Is he back in Boston? Is he still hanging around? Uh, thank you, Jerry. Goodbye. Um, why did she say sex? What was that about the sex? I didn't know. I should, but, uh, yeah. Now, Rudy, uh, it's such an honor, quite frankly, that he comes in here 
right after and uh, and fights for America, fights for Trump, fights for Trump. And I am honored to wage that fight myself. Do me a favor. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So, uh, a major heavyweight in Washington, D.C., as far as the fake news goes, they love this guy, David Ignatius, and a lot of people do read him down there. He writes for the Washington Post, and he has just come out. He's a big Democrat, and he's called for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to not run for president, not run for re-election, not run for president and vice president. He doesn't want that to happen. Uh, that's significant. I do believe he's just trying to get ahead of something that's already kind of set in stone that Joe will have to withdraw by the end of October. And then there's this. That's something that uh, he's predicting. But here's something that just happened. Mitt Romney is not running for reelection. I don't know when is he up. Is he up next year? I think he's up next year. Mitt Romney. Senator Mitt Romney. Rhino. The guy who blew it in 2012. That was a winnable race. He led Barack Obama and some woman named Candy Crowley. At that CNN debate, they sent him to his corner, and he went. He went right into his corner. Could you imagine after Hillary said to Donald Trump, you know, I'm just glad that uh, Donald Trump is not in charge of our law enforcement system. If he just, like, went and sat down on the stool? No, what did he say? I'm just glad that Donald Trump is not in charge of our law enforcement system. Because you'd be in jail. And the whole crowd went crazy. It was so awesome. I think the race was won at that moment. That was a big moment. The other thing was um, only Rosie O'Donnell. That was amazing. All right, so we have this. Uh, here's uh, uh, Mitt Romney saying it's it's a no-go. You know, contrary to a lot of expectations, I enjoy my work in the Senate a good deal. A good deal? The last few years have what been particularly productive mean? as I was able to help lead and negotiate Stop. the bipartisan. Nobody ever wonders whether you're having a good time or not. It's a job. Do it. Can I hear that from the top? I'm sorry, one more time. And by the way... He's a very good-looking guy, almost too good-looking. All right, when you're that good-looking, what you're doing is thinking, I'm very good-looking. Um, go ahead. T- take it from the top. You know, contrary to a lot of expectations, I enjoy my work in the Senate a good deal. Who the hell is expecting well, I- anything about his job satisfaction? Keep going. been particularly productive as I was able to help lead and negotiate the bipartisan infrastructure law. A comprehensive China strategy. You process. mean the inflate? You mean the money giveaway? You mean the money giveaway? The inflation reduction? Okay, keep going. Religious liberty protections, a compromised gun safety law, the Electoral Account Act reform, and emergency <laughs> COVID relief funding. Oh, brother. I was also able to help secure key Utah priorities. Right, can we skip to the part where he's quitting? Funding. All right, let's just skip to the part where he's quitting. He quits. He's not running for re-election. Let's skip up to that part. I don't want to let, boy, that sounds pathetic. And politicians do that all the time. You know, tell you all the great things that they think they did. You want to hear Donald Trump's reaction? I got his truth social right here. It's fantastic. It is great. This is one of his best ever. It's written. It's not him speaking. I think he's going to say something later. Donald Trump from Truth Social writes about uh, this news. Fantastic news for America, the great state of Utah, and for the Republican Party. Mitt Romney, sometimes referred to as Pierre Delecto. (laughs) 
will not be seeking a second term in the U.S. Senate where he did not serve with distinction. A big primary fight against him was in the offing, but now that will not be necessary. Congrats to all. Make America great again. I love it. I love it. You know, Pierre Delecto, he had a secret um, Twitter account under the name Pierre Delecto. Now, a lot of people have secret Twitter accounts. I have a secret Twitter account. Yes, I do, actually. I need one that my wife is not running, right? I need one that I can say what I think under the name uh, Oscar Madison, but whatever. All right. Do we have the part where he's quitting? All right, hit it. At the end of another term, I'd be in my mid-80s. Frankly, it's time for a new generation of leaders. They're the ones that need to make the decisions that will shape the world they will be living in. Now, we face critical challenges. Mounting national debt. Hey. Climate. Hey, I thought the, I thought he was going to quit. Get it to the part where he quits. Where he's quitting after one term. You know, I'm suspicious of anybody who has a house with an elevator for the cars. <laughs> he has a house with an elevator for his vehicles. You know, unless you're in the parking garage business, unless you're, unless it's a parking garage, you should not have an elevator for a car. Uh, all right. Is this the, okay, let's go. While I'm not running for reelection, I'm not retiring from the fight. Oh, I'll be your United States Senator until January of 2025. I will keep working on these and other issues. Eh, go and I'll home. Advance all right. Our that's enough. That's America. enough. That's enough. Man, he just can't, he just can't get over that he was never president. It's amazing that, and you know, Trump endorsed him, uh, for, for Utah, uh, Senate seat. He did. And, uh, look at how, and he gave him money in 2012. What a very disloyal guy. All right. Almost out of time. Barbara, hello. Hi, Greg. After watching, um, Senator Kennedy, actually speaking on the floor to the Secretary of State of Illinois, reading the book that you had played on the show yesterday, and the Secretary of State was such a sleaze trying to sidestep that that wasn't a horrible, horrible thing. I found out that that Secretary of State backed a bill in Illinois that wanted to withhold state funding if the libraries do not comply with the American Library Association principles. And we know what the American Library Association is all about. And it is a smokescreen for things that traditional parents and our American values don't support. But there is a group that is attacking this, Moms for America. I found them last night. I knew the group from the past. I wanted to see what they're doing. They're doing something incredible. Instead of parents having to go from one school district to one school district to block these books, Moms for America has enabled a bill that is called an FCC standard bill. And what that does is it takes the FCC standard, which basically says, you know, if you All right, listen, I I got it. Moms for America, right? That's the group we should be looking for? Yes. I love it. I love it. They're fighting this. Those crazy librarians, you put that on my radar. Thank you so much, Barbara, for everything you do for America and this show, by the way. I do have to leave to be continued. Many, many, many thanks.